I almost like made an equation because I was like, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the answer is, but I know what it isn't. I think that's how I explained it a lot. I didn't know who I was or what was specifically wrong, but I knew what I was uncomfortable with. And it took me a few years to figure out what I wasn't. Hey everyone, welcome to Experiment with Friends. Hey, this is, uh, I'm James, and I have my friend Karen. Karen, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Excellent. Now, Karen, I'm really excited. Uh, do you remember last season, I was always talking about wanting to interview my friend, Janie, yes. and it never happened because we never lined it up. Today, we're starting season two with an interview with my friend, Janie. So we haven't met, you haven't met her before. I've met her no. once in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago in person, but Janie and I have known each other for... Uh, Janie, you might have to interject here. How long have we known each other? That's think? a really good question. I don't know. I, I want to say a couple of years. Mid-pandemic, something. I reckon we met when there was nothing else to do for people in Melbourne, and so they went online gaming. <laughs> this this is this weird thing that, that um, I discovered about you recently, James, is you have this kind of, not alter ego, but there's this other side of your life, right? <laughs> this online gaming thing that happens where you're part of this community. And like you told me about it, I'm like, what? I had no idea. There's just this weird <laughs> element to you. Um, there's a whole, you like Batman. I think that's what I, what I put it down to. I wish I was like Batman. I, I, unfortunately, I game like Alfred, I think. <laughs> yeah, as a gamer, I think I, I probably have more in common with Alfred than Batman. Would, would you sure. concur with that, Janie? Yeah, you're cool, calm, collected, and you take care of everyone. So I think that's a good analogy. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I, wasn't, I was going for yeah. old and the grandfather of the group, but anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Janie and I met playing uh, computer games, um, and uh, she was one of the nicest people that I met. And so I invited <laughs> her to my Discord, and which is a big community they got where there's a lot of people on, and we meet together and play games a lot, um, or we meet together actually online only. And uh, that's how Janie and I've got to know each other. And so Janie, uh, currently you are an engineer or an engineer in training, right? I am. I'm a a cadet, so I study part-time, uh, doing my bachelor degree of mechanical engineering, and I work part-time for Toyota as a cadet engineer. You're a cadet engineer. That's fun. Um, so do you prefer gaming or engineering? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, gosh, that's – I didn't expect such a hard question so soon. <laughs> we go, like, pretty hard straight up, so this is, <laughs> this is intense. Um. You could do engineer gaming. We could end. Yeah, you can be a, you could be an engineer in a game. You could yeah. bet both it. Why not both it? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of also, I guess, sometimes engineer my games. Where yeah. I don't know. A lot of the time, I realise I'm not the best. I won't. I'm not the best aimer in the world by a long shot. <laughs> by a long shot. Ah. And then. Uh, <laughs> I realise that my main KPI is to have fun. So whereas I may not win, I'll just have a laugh and yeah. pull and out a bazooka when everyone else is like, the bazooka is an underpowered weapon, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, it's fun. I don't care. One of the reasons that I actually want to bring you on wasn't your gaming prowess or your engineering, though, is that oh. uh, you are one of my first friends who is trans. Oh, just happened yeah. to be. Yeah. And I've... <laughs> I've loved the experience of getting to hear your story. And so I wanted to get you in to tell your story as a trans woman. Um, 
Uh, and I know, and so I'm going to ask you, we, some of these questions are going to be in-depth and I'm going to ask about your experience. And so I just want to say to our listeners straight up, Janie is speaking from her experience as a trans woman. She is not an advocate for the community who is speaking on behalf. She's she's not on a soapbox or anything like that. Um, and that's what we're, that, we're not interested in that either. If you were trying to be that, I'd be like, mm, maybe not. Um, <laughs> what I'm interested in is your story and your journey. <clears throat> Because um, I got snippets of it, and you know, I've gotten to meet your um, partner, uh, Kimmy, who's wonderful, and it's it yes, just it's such gosh. a fun story uh, to hear. That's not always fun, but it's powerful. Um, so I want to start off with, um, what are your earliest memories of your childhood? Because you didn't, you want, you oh. have a strange accent. You were not born here. No, I was born in sunny old England. <laughs> um, gosh, the. F- earliest memories i remember one uh one easter i don't know if you did you, do you ever watch the show noddy there's a kid show called noddy i yes. love noddy goodness that um, is my flashback. kids love noddy yeah. <laughs> i was so lucky and uh in one of the first homes that i remember i was very young i must have been a toddler but my mom and dad bought me a, a noddy car like a riding oh, noddy car that was like yeah, I could sit in and drive around it. So then I was like, I was just blown away and got in it and was driving around this little semi, uh, this terraced house, driving around, bumping into everyone. And then uh, I think mum and dad were laughing because sometimes I'd like get underneath it and pretend that I'm fixing it. Or So I guess that's <laughs> almost like my earliest engineering memory of fixing my little plastic naughty car. Um, yeah. And then we very quickly moved to a bigger house up the road, a semi-detached, and some of my best memories, my dad's a civil engineer, and we, my mum is very, very crafty and artsy, and um, they love renoing houses, so um, we bought we bought this old, old semi-detached house, so I have a lot of really lovely memories as a kid, really early on, of uh, helping mum and dad do these renos and ripping up floorboards and painting walls and yeah having lots of fun that's awesome doing stuff so like that that's obviously very young so how old were you when you moved to um winter in melbourne <laughs> i was 15 but <laughs> uh, 14 15 almost okay. 15 okay that, and that's a that's a yeah. rough age to like move country yeah yeah i thought it was we done we done a lot of traveling in europe um i was halfway through english high school which i hated um really but all my friends are there tell me tell me why i just i'm not i'm not a good school person i don't do well at school so it wasn't english Uh, high school that you hated it was just high school bit both okay um i always kind of stood out i was never never was always not not quite a loner but kind of never had my little you know my little home of yeah. friends or whatever I was kind of clutching at straws kind of the classic bouncing around at outcast um and then English high school is very like test driven so there's a lot of tests and there's a lot of big uh yeah there's a lot of test stress and I didn't realize I didn't know I had ADHD back then but yeah as a classic outcast person with ADHD who struggles struggles with school um I'd just be like trying to cram everything for this test I'd have the test and then be like forget all that next test uh 
And then I came to Australian high school where there's less tests. And I was shocked when they were like, okay, you'll start in year nine. What subjects would you like to do? And I was like, what What do you mean? Like I get to choose what subjects I do? <laughs> um, so that was really nice. That was pretty great that I felt like people were asking me, like actually interested in uh gave me that freedom and choice to be like what do you want to do and what do you like and what would you like to study and I was blown away by that what was what was the best subject that you chose revolutions there was a one called revolutions which was history it's kind of like revolutions in history so we did the American revolution and the Russian revolution and I loved that um I didn't score very highly in it I took it a year early so I did a VC a year early um, yeah. to get one in the bank and it was very it was like scored with essays and I'm not very good at writing essays uh-huh. um, but I had a really good lecturer and I loved I love the history I love history and I love the like seeing the struggles and then how they got about it and how things came about right. um, yeah he was really inspiring and I think he could see that if it was if I could almost write an engineering report, if I could bullet point, <laughs> if I could bullet point revolutions, I'd probably do really well. Draw but, a diagram for it. Yeah, if I could graph it, I'd probably do quite well. But uh, yeah, yeah. And I like maths. I like maths and science. I always scored high in maths and science, and then my English was horrendous. So, so the big question for me that I'm I'm most curious about is, uh, at what age did you realize that you're a woman with the wrong plumbing? And is that, I don't know if it's a crass term to use, but I just, I don't, you know. Um, well, um, yeah, you said something earlier about, yeah, I speak for myself and not everyone else. And yeah. I very much appreciate that. Um, so I'm, all, I'm also on my journey, like you, like yeah. I'm always trying to stay up to date with the language and it's constantly evolving yeah. trans world, which I love. Um, yeah. um, but I things like that I know your intentions are good and I have a good giggle about it I don't think for me there's a perfect way of referring to it so I just love yeah. things like that yeah go for it um, like, well the there's earliest... physical plumbing and then there's who you are as a person and so I'm yeah. I, I just juxtaposing those two things I guess yeah I like it <laughs> earliest age it's a hard one yeah. uh it was always that one where I've I've always had long hair um and then as a teenager um I got into the like goth and kink scene and yeah. uh we I just have some fun friends where we dress up and then I dress up in their clothes and then they just we just kind of like swap clothes and just dress up in a, a ridiculous outfit and go out and have some fun yeah. um and that was at, at 18 as soon as I hit 18 I knew I wanted to go to like these alternate clubs I guess it's a friendlier way of putting it um <laughs> And that was just a good fun, yeah, I just started out as an innocent 18-year-old cross-dresser, having some fun with my friends on the weekend. Right. Um, and then... Can we, so so how, were you, how were your parents responding to their child cross-dressing? Oh, they had no idea. I was very sneaky. I was quite ingenious with my little plans. I had my little... Um, I, had the, I had little bags that I'd put in my wardrobe so all my stuff any stuff that I bought at first off sorry first off at like 18 I'd just be borrowing friends clothes so I'd just kind of go to my friend's house we'd get ready I'd get in their clothes they'd we'd dress up and we'd go out so I didn't 
they had no idea. I think they started maybe getting out, getting, cluing on at like the kink side of life at um, 18 when I just, they'd ask me like, what's this? And then I'd get red in the face and then try and make up some lie on the spot and be like, oh, I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, I started buying some stuff and then I'd keep it in a little bag and then I'd just kind of like get my rucksack and be like, okay, I'm off to my friends, bye. And they had no idea for a long time, I don't think. A long time. Uh, there was a, a fun couple of times where my mum's really good at sewing. She taught me how to sew. And I guess I kind of got into a little bit of cosplaying, but not kind of game related. So um, I loved Evanescence. And there was this dress, uh, the bitch dress, I think it's lovingly referred to. And I was like, I want to, Evanescence are coming. I want to make this dress. And I want to go to this concert wearing this. Uh, and she was a bit confused and like had a bit of a laugh with it. And then she, we sewed this dress together as like a, I think I was 18 then as well. So as an 18 year old son and mother, a good bonding experience sewing this <laughs> dress together. Do you think they were figuring it out? Uh, well, no, back then, it's kind of like looking back now. I think all of us, me and my mom and dad about are like, yeah, why didn't we, why didn't we clue on? It makes so much sense. When I came out, um, it was a massive surprise to everyone, a big shock. Um, and how, how old were you when that happened? Uh, I always forget this, and it's, it's a shocking thing that I forget this. I think I was 22. 22, okay. But there was also kind of stages where I I was questioning for years and years, and then I came out to some friends, and then it stayed like that for a few months, and then yeah. came out to my parents, and then I came out to the world some time after that. I have it all written down somewhere. Right. I was about 22. Yeah, okay. Who, did anyone's reaction surprise you when you came out to them? Yes. Yourself? Coming out to yourself? What was it like coming out to out myself? Yourself? Wow, yeah. From late 19, I think 19, I was started to question. I'd be like up at 3 a.m. I think maybe some other uh, people out there may relate to this, but up at like 2 or 3 a.m. reading like forums and watching uh transition vlogs and things and then I'd kind of like but it in my head at 19 it'd just be like I'm just it's just kind of like a curiosity it's just I'm just learning about it and then every now and again there'd be like a but imagine if and I'd be like no 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 and then it'd like I'd put myself way back in the closet and be like stop that no 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 more of that stop it <laughs> um and then it just happened more and more and more. And then cross-dressing got more and more and more fun and it became harder to put those clothes away for the weekend and then go back to being this person that I felt uncomfortable with and didn't really know who I was, but everyone else seemed to be comfortable with. It just got harder and harder and harder. And then... Uh, well, that's really fascinating. And you were comfortable with, but you weren't comfortable with. I weren't comfortable with. I but everyone else was. Yeah. It was it's this weird situation where I some of my doctors and their psychs and things always laugh um, in, a, in a nice way where they'll ask me like what how they'll kind of I'll go through the process of my thoughts and my I'll show them my notes. I had a big folder of my notes and things I considered and and they were like you you like actually engineered this. This is this is like 
an engineering document <laughs> <laughs> like how you transitioned I almost like made an equation because I was like something is wrong I don't know what it is I don't know what the answer is but I know uh I know what it isn't I think that's right. how I explained it a lot I didn't know who I was or what was specifically wrong but I knew what I was uncomfortable with and it took me a long time it took me a few years to figure out what I wasn't but I gave it yeah it's trial and error yeah and then as soon as I found the answer and then stopped freaking out about the answer um it all fell into place sorry going back to your question that you asked was did anyone's reaction I have two standouts if you want to hear them one of them was uh, my friend Kat who was the second person I told and I went over to her house this is after I'd been to the doctor with my friend who went and held my hand and we went to my doctor and told her because everyone the, a lot of the things were like go to your GP and talk to your GP so that's what I did um and then after yeah, that, I went, can we pause there because so when you go to your GP you basically say what are you saying to them <laughs> I had no idea I went in there I needed I knew I needed my friend or otherwise I just wouldn't say anything and I think my friend basically I just got choked up and my friend was like uh my friend thinks they're trans and she was lovely the doctor I had at the time was I've been so blessed and so fortunate with my friends and doctors that I've come across uh yeah I just said yeah I think I'm trans and they asked me some good questions I was like this is why this is what I've thought about and considered this is what I've done so far and then she referred me to Equinox which is a gender clinic in oh. Melbourne and it's an amazing amazing place there should be places like this all over the world because I feel like this place has like saved my life sorry to interrupt I just was really That's curious okay. I'm like wait what's that conversation like because I've never had that conversation right uh and yeah so your doctor says he's an Equinox then you you then you go to see your friend Kat yeah, I went to see my friend Kat and she, I feel like she just, she just knew what I was going to say. And she sat me down, she poured us both a drink and put, I remember it so clearly. She put little strawberries in our drink and it was like so nice and fancy. And we sat down on the couch next to each other and she like held my hand. And for a good half an hour, I was just kind of crying on her couch, trying to get something out. And she was so patient and just kind of was like, it's okay. You don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but I'm here if you want to tell me. And then I finally got it out and was like, I think I'm a girl. I think I'm trans. And she just kind of like rubbed my hand and was like, honey, I know. I know. I've (laughs) known for like, I've known for a while now. And I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why am I the last person to find this out? This whole time I've been like trying to solve this problem and you knew the answer this whole time. And obviously looking back now, you can't tell someone that they have to go. Yeah. They kind of have to start that journey on their own. And I'm really glad. I think I'm glad that she didn't, because I think that may have been one thing where I would have been like, no, you're wrong. And I would have, yeah. it would have been a weird, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it would have freaked me out. It would have been like too real for me at the time. And I would have just yeah. uh, gone the other way and turned my head away and dug in, dug in harder being like, it's not me. No, it's not. Yeah. I think telling someone that, has no good outcomes <laughs> right because you but, can dig in and go no 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 or you can start going down that journey before you're ready yeah right and, and exactly exactly right 
before you're emotionally prepared, which I, uh, for me, I think I'd never be. I reached this point where I realized I'm never going to be emotionally prepared enough or prepared enough to make this leap. I think it was another thing that I was trying to engineer where I was trying to get all my ducks lined up. And I did I did so many like cost risk analysis where I was like, <laughs> uh, option A, I don't transition. What three year projection, five year projection, 10 year projection. And then I do transition and then that trajectory. And then I was like, what what are we? Yeah, you are an engineer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's maybe how I should identify. So I ask me like, uh, yeah, pronouns. I'd be like, eng, eng, engineer, um, eng, Jane. <laughs> um, so, you, yeah. so two friends now and a doctor, and you at that point, yeah. yeah, yeah. How many of your friends knew before you told your parents? Most. Oh, okay. I had. I have such. I've always. In high school, like I said, I always struggled with friends. I never really had, um, I did have some good friends along the way. I did have some really good friends along the way, but I was always, I never really fit in like a jigsaw yeah. puzzle. I was always like a little bit squiffy. And then, yeah, fine. I found found my like real friends. My real friends, that's such a bad thing to say because they weren't, yeah, you know what I mean? You found your place where you fit? Yes, I found my people. Yeah. And they just really got me and they were my chosen family. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but there's like your family, family and your chosen family. And they just, they were amazing. And I probably wouldn't be here without them. They were absolutely amazing. So so how did your parents respond when their, when their dear boy is like, not, not (laughs) not so much mom and dad? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I did think about how to try and word this because it didn't, it went really poorly and I, it went really bad. I hope they don't hear this, but I'll tell you the story. Uh, I'll try and blast through it. Just to pause from any, from like, and, and it's not to excuse or anything like that, but like, this would be hard for, like as a parent, this would yeah. be really hard. Yes. And this would be really hard. And so when you say it went really poorly, I'm like, but I don't blame them. Yeah, I do yeah. not blame them for a second. Yeah. It was heartbreaking yeah. at first, but now looking back, like we both, we all did the best we could, and there's no way you can be prepared for that situation. Yeah. And no one knows how they're going to react until it happens. Yeah. Um. So I went to the doctor, like I said, um, and they wrote me a letter of referral. So I kept that letter under my monitor on my table on my desk um because at the time it was like my most treasured possession I was like I cannot lose this letter I'm forever losing things and I was like I cannot lose this letter <laughs> my life I kept it on my desk and it had the letter had um the doctor's like the surgery the clinic's emblem on the the envelope um and my mum saw it and maybe thought that something was wrong with me or something I think I may have done the same if I had a kid Yeah. and I saw this big letter that was clearly important that had like a surgery logo on it. Um, so she read it uh, without my, I didn't know that she read it. And uh, I think she tried to keep it, she tried to, she tried to keep it secret and not do anything. And then I think you can't, yeah, I guess if you read that, you cut, there's no way you can keep that to yourself. Yeah. So one night I was just playing games, just playing games. And then 
there was a commotion upstairs and then mum left uh walked out of the house and then dad was in a rage and was upset and I was people seemed to be upset with me and I was like I have no idea what I was so confused like what have I done here yeah I was just playing games but what have I done and then uh yeah my, my dad was freaked out because mum was clearly upset and didn't know what to do and then dad was like your mum thinks you're a transvestite and I just can't I can't let that happen and you know I love you and I'll support you to the ends of the earth but I can't let that happen you can you can be dead name here or you can be someone else somewhere else um and at this point I was still hang on, hang on. you said dead name so dead name being the name that you used yeah to have. like my yeah, previous cool. name yeah. yeah um so I've never heard I, I didn't know yeah. to, to my ignorance I've never heard that term before uh so I was just making sure that it yeah, makes so. me uncomfortable still but it's I've learned to realize that it's still an important part of my life and it feels like a different person altogether yeah. Um, I joke about my. I freaked one of my psychs out with this once, um, <laughs> but I, I find it quite comforting. And my new psych uh, likes it, where it's kind of like I feel like I've possessed this body. Like this is just a possession. Like there was an unhappy boy in the body before he summoned some witchy devil de- demon, and now this body is mine. And yeah. Right. But my my previous name was Jake, so okay. I changed one letter in my name. Yeah. And yeah, so he was like, "You can be Jake here, or you can be someone else somewhere else." But I can't. And I know, looking back now, he's he is the most supportive father ever. He is so nice. He is. He's like put so much. He he really struggles with some things, uh, with yeah. like transitioning and uh, things like that. Because I guess it, uh, you kind of feel what you don't understand, and sometimes you just yeah. can't understand. But I know he tries so hard, and in other ways, he's supported me through school. And I can't tell you how much he's he's so good, he's lovely, yeah. but he really struggled with this, and that's absolutely okay. And he's still trying to his this day his best. Love him to bits. Yeah. Um. But at that point. I was so shocked. I remember the blood drained from my face and I felt tingly. And that was the defining point, I think. At that point, I'd gone to the doctors and told some of my friends, but I was still 90%. I was kind of like 90% sure of going through with it, with transitioning, I guess. And then I remember dad saying, like, your your mum thinks you're a transvestite, which is not the right word (laughs) to use. It made me feel very uncomfortable at the time. And it was his best attempt. and then he was like, well, I think at this point I was just kind of silent and being like, OK, trying to like process and not react. I didn't want to like emotionally react because there was a lot of emotions happening. Yeah. And then he just kind of turned to me and was like, well, what are you? Are you a transvestite? Are you what are you what's going on? And up to that point, I was 90 percent. And then I said, like, yeah, I think I am. And then he wanted to be like, no, that's not you. That's not you. And it was only up until the point that someone said, you're not transgender. That was the point where I was like, I know I'm 110% doing this. And I'm 110%. This is me. I know it. And I was so sure and so confident. It was only up until someone challenged me on it saying, no, you're not. Where I was like, actually, 
I'm very sure that I am. I'm yeah. really sure that I am. This is me. That's um this a, I'm gonna an do. extraordinary moment there though. Like it's it's the, the cat was out of the bag with your parents at that point, not through your choice choosing. Like you didn't have the option to go, yeah. okay, now I'm going to do it. And so it's been yeah. removed from your ability to choose, but you've actually used that situation to cement okay, yeah, this is who I am. So there's some real positive things that have come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I should have I should mention quickly, the reason I hadn't told my parents at this point is because I wanted, like I said before, I was like 90% sure. Mm. And I wanted to, I wanted, I knew it was going to be a big, it was going to be really big news and it'd be really upsetting and not sure. So I wanted to be 100% and super prepared. Yeah. I wanted to be prepared myself and I wanted to be prepared to try and support them through it as well and be 100% sure before That's I... That's a way to put yeah, it, to support yeah. them through it. Yeah, it's, well, you need to. Um, it is, it, and I love so it. So I, I really it. wanted to make sure before I put anyone through any unnecessary yeah. work or emotions that this is what I wanted to do and I wanted to do it. So I was, I felt like I was so close to being like, I'm almost there, and then they just kind of beat me to it. Yeah. Um, that was the reason why I hadn't told them yet. Um, but I was really shocked because up until that point, I'd experienced nothing but like support and love and you'd always have a home here. And then at this point, I felt like it was kind of like not here. So uh, that was just an outburst at the moment. So I packed up some things, messaged a couple of friends. Within 15 seconds, I got a call from one of my closest friends, Lisa, and she was like, pack some stuff. Uh, I'm coming in. I'm on my way to get you right now. You can stay at mine for as long as you like. I went to Lisa's. She sat me down. She, I told her all about it. And then she's like, she supported me through it, got it all out, gave me a big hug. We had a bit of a cry. And then she's like, right, big hard moment for you. You can, we can talk about it more if you like, but we can also celebrate this as well because you're, you've come out, you've done a big thing. We can celebrate you. And she turned one of the hardest nights i've ever had into a party and we got yeah. dressed up we got dressed up we shared a, a bottle of whatever was in the fridge at the time and <laughs> she just made me feel loved even when my mum and dad were having a hard time and yeah. uh, i was feeling a bit rejected at the time she yeah she, it was kind of this moment where in one night in the matter of three hours maybe i'd gone from oh gosh my parents don't want me in the house uh what have I done to yes I'm absolutely 100% 10% transgender I'm a girl to like I've still got my friends that love me to the ends of the earth do you how's your relationship with your parents now because I've seen photos of you with your dad working on a car yeah so there was a, a rocky few months okay um where I'd stayed with friends for a few weeks but it was kind of because they were processing stuff and I was processing stuff on my end yeah. So it was kind of healthy to just have that space. I bounced around and then um, from friends to friends, and then I'd come back and we'd check in and talk about it. And every time there'd be like less resistance, I guess. Yeah. And then, um, and then I think it maybe took a few weeks. And then I think mom, mom just had this moment where she just fully, fully embraced it. Yeah. She she really struggled with it, but she was clearly working through it. Clearly worked through it a lot and just turned this corner and was like, excellent. Right. 
uh, I'm gonna and she was really honest and really frank and being like I I'm really struggling with this and I will try and call you by your new name but it's gonna be really hard so I'm, I might just need time but then we yeah. went she went and bought me we went shopping she bought me dresses we went and had a makeup lesson together it was amazing and she's she I can't tell you how much how grateful I am but yeah she'd done like this complete 180 flip and I think yeah. that is really whereas um there wasn't yeah there wasn't the best reaction on either sides yeah. and that's very understandable but the yeah the work to go from like absolutely not to yes let's do this yeah so I'm really close with both my parents especially my mum after that yeah. um I think dad took a bit more time but I think that's understandable as well because I think it's just understandable kind of knowing knowing my dad and it was only because he cared about me and I remember him telling me about um a trans person he knew I think he knew when he in his youth and it was obviously a different time and it was in England and they used to get beaten up all the time and I yeah. think he was terrified that it'd be me so yeah. I was yeah I think he was he just was just really worried for me but now he is amazing and he's all on board as well yeah and we I love doing we're going back to we're back to doing those dodgy jobs together we'll be we'll be on the roof together changing some tiles or under in a manhole somewhere <laughs> just doing something really weird it's some of my best memories doing it a yeah. job that we probably shouldn't be doing together but we're like yeah we don't need an electrician we're like we'll just figure it out <laughs> what's the worst that could happen <laughs> so were you working at as an engineer at this time were you the cadet engineer yet uh no no so when i was 17 i finished vce yeah. and i wasn't i was a permanent resident but i wasn't a citizen so i couldn't get a hex loan so i couldn't go to university right. so i needed a job uh, in this period where I couldn't become a citizen for so many years yeah. and my mum and dad bought a car off a family friend for like $200 because it was going to the wreckers it is it had blown a cylinder head gasket it got all these things wrong with it yeah um they bought it off him for $200 and uh, gave it to me for my birthday and was like here's a broken car you've got I think it was it? like uh you've got a year before you're 18 <laughs> fix it up and hopefully by the time you're 18 you have a car to drive so that's how i i learned to fix cars wow <laughs> uh just with a haynes manual uh and youtube and just amazing. some yeah um and i needed i didn't have a job at that time i was looking i was handing around resumes left right and center didn't know what i wanted to do uh finished high school and working on this car I needed some some of the studs had seized in the in an iron block when I was taking the head off. So I needed these uh, studs. I went yeah. down to a local engine place and was like, is there any chance I can buy some of these studs? Do you have any of these I can buy off you? And he disappeared into his back room, came out with this massive blue box of uh, studs. There was like hundreds of studs. And he said, if you can sort this into metric and imperial, you can take whatever you like. Uh, so I took that home spent a couple of hours sorting them out into two piles, found what I needed, chucked them in, they worked great, took the two boxes back that afternoon, and he was like, I didn't what? think I'd see you again. I thought you'd just, <laughs> I thought, I thought you'd just fuck off with this box of studs. Um, 
and he's like, do you want a job? And I was like, absolutely, I want a job. Give me a job. So I worked uh, at an engine. It was an engine reconditioning workshop. So I was an engine builder for a year and a half on shocking wages, but it meant that I could yeah. uh, take my car in and do like do dodgy repair jobs on their machines. Yeah. And I learned so much. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot about engineering and about cars and about machining and fixing stuff, but I also learned a lot about how toxic some workplaces are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was so glad that I kind of didn't, I hadn't transi- transitioned at that point because yeah. I would have not survived. Um, so I worked there for 18 months and then I kind of got sick of uh, the cuts, bruises, the toxic Bogan workplace uh, and started handing out resumes. I played a lot played a lot of paintball with my friends in England um, and I'd done a couple over here and I handed in a resume at a place I'd play paintball with and I got that job. So then I was really? a paintball. I was a paintball referee for like seven years. Yeah, wow. For a long time, I had that weekend job. Um, so did you transition while you were working there? Yes, I did. So how did I think that, that go. I'm so curious about how it, workplace handles this. Um, it was really good. It was a bit of a dodgy workplace. Um, <laughs> it was a dodgy workplace. I saw some, like, yeah. just people. Paintball guns use a lot of pressure. There's so much pressure in that tank. Yeah. And then studying engineering and seeing stuff in cars. And then I didn't think people realize how much potential energy they are just carrying around in this steel bottle. And then they're throwing it around. And I'm like, oh, my God. Anyway, um, transitioning there. Uh, they were really well. Um, I posted the way I came out to the world was I went to Cat, uh, Cat was dating Kai at the time and they both are very good uh Kai's an actor um and he's such a lovely 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 person and Kat is a lovely lovely person and she's amazing at makeup and dressing people up and I think she has some acting experience and she's they're both such good they just fill you with confidence I'm so not a photogenic person but when I'm around them I'm like yeah I can do this like they just get me there uh she's a photographer she's a photographer uh, so I went around to their place, we got dressed up, and I made this coming out video that was really funny. <laughs> I wanted to do it through humour, because uh, yeah. it was all so serious at this point, so I wanted to make it funny. And that's how they found out, uh, because I yeah. sent that video to them. I just kind of thought I'd make, I'd do this hard video, and then I can just send it to everyone, and I don't have to keep having this conversation with every single person in my life. Uh, and they yeah. were really nice. Uh, I think they were also a little bit... Um, they hadn't they didn't have another transgender person working there. I don't think they they themselves as people had maybe come across many people in day to day life. So um they were very accepting. I think there was definitely a few people there that just kind of like, you know, weren't a hundred percent behind it, but they were just like, Whatever, I'll try and call you this new name and then just kind of get on with it. Um so I think that's as far as it goes, that's the most resistance I had. So I think I was very lucky. Like it could have been, yeah. I didn't have any, I didn't, didn't think I faced any transphobia or any slurs or, so I think that being the worst is pretty good experience. <laughs> yeah. Very lucky. Uh, some people ask some really good questions. Uh, it was also a really good time too. One thing that I did find interesting from all the thousands of hours of research that I'd done, and all these videos I'd watched, um, there'd be this one person that maybe I'd work with and I'd see like 
for three hours a week and they knew they knew my name they knew some of my hobbies but then we'd just be in the same room and they'd be like Jane uh and they'd ask a question and I'd be like I have no idea that's a very good question like and I learned I learned so much about myself um and about the trans community and about just the human condition in general I guess from people just asking curious questions yeah. that I was like that's I don't know I hadn't thought about that and it'd be like something how do you feel about this trans thing or what does this feel like and I'd be like I don't know I'll have to get back to you I'll get back to you with a full report um so yeah I, love... I don't doubt that you did either there would have been a full engineering report of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, and so so have you found workplaces since then how like so I guess you just show up as as Jane like you there's no need to disclose anything more than I'm Jane is there yeah that's pretty much it um I so as how I like to describe it is um I I won't go out I won't if I introduce myself I'm not like, hi, I'm Jane, transgender, how are you? It's kind of like, uh, I'm Jane, I'm an engineer, I like to do this, I like to do that, uh, yeah. you know, this. And then it's like way, way, way down in the like, Yeah. in other paragraphs, it's like transgender. So if someone asks me that, if someone asks me, oh, are you trans? I'll be like, absolutely, I am. Do you have any questions? So I'm not hiding it, but yeah. I'm not also, I don't have it written on my forehead and I'm not broadcasting yeah. it. Um. And that's how you occurred to me too when we met. Like yeah. we played games for ages, and then finally one day you mentioned something about hormones. Yeah. I was like, what do, you mean, "What do you mean hormones?" And you were like, "Oh, I'm trans." I was like, "Oh, oh. cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right." So I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a bit open about it, but I don't. Yeah. It's not my profession, and it's not my main yeah. identifier. I guess it's just yeah. I'm Jane, a woman who happens to be trans. I guess yeah. is how I would put it. Not like I'm Jane, transgender woman." Yeah. Like I am a transgender woman, but it's like I'm a woman who just happens to be trans is how I like to frame it, how I feel most comfortable with myself. Yeah. yeah. And having conversations with you, obviously you're very comfortable talking about your who you are and all that stuff. Um because there's there's I think the people most uncomfortable with these conversations are people who just have never spoken to or had a trans friend, mm-hmm. uh, or even know how to just be like hey I, I don't really care either way i'm just curious <laughs> yeah right uh, and i think if we just are my own perspective of this which is what i think you and i have done is i just am very curious about stuff and i'm like Janie, i might say this wrong but um this is what i'm wondering <laughs> <laughs> no i love it uh, you asked some really good questions and i think for me intention is a huge part of it mm-hmm. i know because i've also been on the that side of it where i've had the best intentions and I genuinely want to learn and and I'll ask something that I didn't know at the time was a bit insensitive or not like you know a bit yeah Yeah. not really the best thing to say but also yeah I may have just accidentally tripped over my words and um yeah so I know that you know some people that happens it's a weird confusing world, world out there and everything's constantly changing so I love people that will ask questions, um, but yeah, have that intention. And also, I know that if I said actually, uh, that's kind of, I don't really want to talk about that. Then, yeah, it's a hundred percent not going to be 
an issue we just could be like okay sorry and then so from your perspective because and and you're not like i said you're not the advocate for all trans or whatever but just your perspective um uh what can non-trans people like like car and i are like cis white males like (laughs) which is in brackets you can put the people with the most to learn (laughs) right so as as two cis white males, what's what is there any advice you have for us in making the world a better place for everyone? I, I don't know. Like I just um, any- that's a good question. Um, for you two, I think I'd just say carry on, keep being <laughs> you because you're doing a brilliant job. Um, but I think kind of like it's been a common theme of this conversation I think is ask questions just mm. ask questions and one thing I heard at um, a women's conference with Toya actually that I thought was really good is um, I think it was like be okay with feeling a bit uncomfortable mm. and I think that's really stuck with me because sometimes there'll be times where I'll be in a situation where I I don't really know the nuances and I'm afraid of asking a question so I do feel a bit uncomfortable and sometimes I know I've been too shy to ask or I've uh, kind of gone the opposite way and tried to overcompensate. Um, right. I know I get a bit uncomfortable when you can tell people some some people like figure out, oh, you're a trans person. And then they try and spout all of their transgender knowledge at you. And then they try and they call you like, oh, Miss, uh, Miss Jane all the time and hers and emphasize it and you're like yeah okay just like you don't have to <laughs> I'm not grading you on it like you're not gonna get a score um that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah just kind of be okay with uh being a bit uncertain and maybe exploring this brave new world because I, I know in our friendship there's been times where I'm like I know I'm saying the wrong thing right now but you've been very gracious <laughs> We've all done it. We all say the wrong things in in good spirit sometimes. I think that this is something that stuck out for me in this conversation is the power of curiosity um, and how useful that is and, and can be. And so to not shy away from from that. Because uh, I bet there's so many people have met you who've got so many questions for you that they haven't ever asked you, right? Uh, and they have no idea that you're more than willing to have a conversation if it's a genuine curious question right as long as they're not just being a jerk yeah we're all pretty okay with that i think i think there's a as a sorry as a little counter there was one person in my life a friend of a friend who was very well read and had read all of this um political i think they were studying politics and something else it's kind of like my worst nightmare of a person to run into it was like they're running literature and politics and they'd read all of this Jermaine Greer stuff and um, they were like just spouting things at me and like using all these big words and like purposefully steering me into potholes and words. And I was, they really wound me up and I was like, oh God, I don't know. I don't know all of this stuff. And I feel like I failed as a trans person because I don't know. I don't know this. And then my friend, whose friend it was, sat me down and was like, it's not your job to yeah. educate everyone no. and you don't have to read all this stuff you, you don't have to be an expert on it no um you didn't like inherit 
all of this work to do because you're trans you have to read every essay ever written and uh yes be open to people asking uh asking questions some of them will be brilliant some of them will be tricky some of them will be uh a dicey <laughs> but come yeah. from a good place mm. uh yeah. but also manage you and manage your spoons mm. uh you don't have to you're not you're not a lecturer you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've just you've just re reframed my question my my answer to you then and as curious be curious about people not um categories yes that's actually a very good yes yeah. you're very good at wording things like that so that, that's what's really come out of this conversation for me what i'm like okay what can i take away from this i'm like okay be curious about people not not mm -hmm. a category that they may or may not fit into karen do you have any anything before we finish up uh, look, I, I don't have any, like I've got, there's, there's so many things that I'd love to kind of delve into, but there's, I want to share with you my favorite parts of your story that I picked up today. And it's just really that you've had some amazing moments where there's just been a great support, either person or network around you. Um, and even through the challenging journeys. And I'm so grateful. I, like I'm thankful on your behalf. It's a really weird feeling, right? <laughs> but I'm, I'm so grateful that you've had those people that have been able to hold your hand. I'm so grateful that, you know, through the work that you've done and the challenges that your your parents have gone through and you've gone through with them, that they've you're you're in this place now where you've got this really good relationship. That's that's a beautiful thing. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm so inspired by that. So thank you for for sharing it. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. I've been yeah. very lucky, yeah. Tony, I really appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability in coming yeah. in. Uh, wow. I'm nothing but impressed by you and your parents and your friends. Yeah. Uh, and so thank you for joining us in this experiment with friends. Hopefully thank you for inviting me. I think this yeah. is so much fun. I was very nervous and I was so afraid of saying stumbling over my own words and saying something wrong. And um, thank you for doing this. It's kind of pushed my boundaries a little bit. Not my boundaries It's pushed me. It's challenged me in a good way. And I've learned from it. And thank you for asking me these questions and taking me yeah. on this journey. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Lead Different podcast. At Lead Different, we are building leaders worth following. And if you'd like to find out more information about this and leading yourself well, head to leaddifferent.org. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a – what, what is the podcast called again? <laughs> it's an experiment with friends. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>